rewarding careers, experiences of a lifetime. Explore Travel PT at ariusmedical.com. A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. NPTE StudyCast. Welcome to NPTE StudyCast. I'm your host, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Joining me this afternoon is Laura Thornton. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Jimmy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, excited to uh, to get into today's topic to help students thrive and excel on the NPTE and then be great physical therapists. But let's talk about you and your background. You're an OMPT fellow in training at Brooks Rehab. How's that going? It's great. It's been a wonderful experience. I am in my first year of the fellowship. So the fellowship is a total of two years. And we get to work with really um, incredible researchers and teachers and we're just having a ball. It's a really, really amazing experience. Yeah, great organization, uh, supporter of the show. So brooksihl.org. Today, what is the topic that we're covering for students getting ready for the NPTE? We are going to be talking about impingement syndrome, notoriously also called subacromial pain syndrome of the shoulder. And that falls into the area of practice of orthopedics, which is one of the larger on the NPTE. So let's jump right into it. How do you describe the pathology? How do you describe impingement syndrome briefly? Impingement syndrome has been notoriously associated with pain in the superior lateral or superior anterior region of the shoulder. So that means the anterior or lateral part of the shoulder and even sometimes at that posterior side of the shoulder. It's a injury that can usually happen without really trauma. It's usually associated with repetitive lifting or overhead tasks, usually causes pain and movement problems. A couple of red flags right there. So if you see repetitive or you see overhead, it's not definitive, but it definitely on that MPTE is kind of could be hinting towards something like impingement syndrome. Exactly. Anatomy. Let's go anatomy. What's involved when you're starting to think about, could this be impingement syndrome? Impingement syndrome has been historically associated with this region of the shoulder called the subacromial space. So the subacromial space, it consists of the acromion of the scapula. As it comes over and creates the superior arch over the humeral head, it goes and attaches onto the corcoacromial ligament that then attaches onto the corcoid process of the scapula. So the acromion, the corcoacromial ligament onto the corcoid process create the subacromial space that there's a couple of soft tissue structures that underlie that in between with the humeral head. Special tests. All right, special tests. We know them. We love them. Maybe we hate them a little bit. How are you going to prove it or disprove it? What things can you use out of your PT toolbox to rule in or rule out impingement syndrome? So there's been five special tests that have been developed that you can utilize to be able to differentially diagnose subacromial impingement. So the five tests are NEARS test, Hawkins-Kennedy test, Job, which is also called NC hand test. The notorious one we all know is painful arc. And then you can also utilize an external rotation isometric resistance test to be able to rule in subacromial impingement. There is some difficulty diagnosing the specific anatomical pathology that's being associated in that subacromial space, but uh, if you had to recommend any imaging, is there any imaging that's really the gold standard or not really? You know, you're exactly right. I think that region in general, it's very hard to utilize clinical tests to be able to specifically target an actual tissue pathology. Um, within the shoulder. If you had to use imaging, you can always use 
a classic radiograph, and that would really be able to give you some nice information about the skeletal structure, as well as some of the acromion type that's associated with that shoulder. You can also use an MRI to be able to look at any sort of rotator cuff pathology, as well as CT or ultrasound can also give you some information about the rotator cuff. Differential diagnosis. All right, moving on to differential diagnosis. This is where we start to really, really get micro. What other things could this appear as and you want to rule in or rule out? Sure. There's a couple big things that we want to look at and make sure that we're differentially diagnosing. The two big differential diagnoses are glenohumeral instability and adhesive capsulitis. Glenohumeral instability would be associated with probably a younger patient. They might have history of dislocations or subluxations. They might have what we call general laxity, and they would present with instability signs such as apprehension during certain movements. Adhesive capsulitis on the other side is presented with a multiple range of motion loss, especially in what we consider to be the capsular pattern of the shoulder. So that would be external rotation, abduction, and then internal rotation. And then there's also a certain characteristic that sometimes can lead you into that. So female, younger age, maybe around 40 or so. And there's not really a mechanism of injury when it comes to adhesive capsulitis. I also want to mention with the shoulder, you want to be sure to differentially diagnose a cervical referral. So as we know, there's certain things in the cervical region that can refer into that same shoulder region. And then as independent clinicians, we also want to watch out for red flag visceral referrals. So we know for the left shoulder, the heart, the lung, and the spleen can refer pain into that region. As well as that right shoulder, it can be liver, gallbladder, and again, lung can also refer. So just being mindful of your subjective examination and certain objective findings can be very crucial for that. Really thorough there. Good things to remember and listen to a couple of different ways. We will have this as an added flashcard available for download, and you can find that by clicking the show notes in this episode. Moving on to treatment examples, now that we've made sure we know what we're dealing with, we're looking at impingement syndrome, what are some treatment examples that you'd highlight? So treatment for impingement syndrome usually consists of conservative management. So in the early stages, we want to include things that maybe modify that patient's activity, a lot of patient education on what things that they can do to maybe modify their symptoms. In the middle stages and as they're getting better, we really want to look at the impairments around the shoulder and address any sort of strength, endurance, or movement control problems that they're having. Um, The two areas that are really important to look at are the glenohumeral joint and the scapulothoracic joint. We want to make sure that we're looking at the mobility and the movement control of those two areas and how they could potentially create some movement dysfunction and pain within that region of the shoulder. Manual therapy is also really good to utilize as a tool to be able to help with pain, neuromuscular facilitation, and to also improve our therapeutic alliance with our patient. As that patient continues to improve, we want to gradually load that shoulder and progressively return them to their prior activities. What to know for the test. All right, everybody's favorite part of the episode is always the sample question. How might this appear on the NPTE? I think that this is a really good chance to know your special test, really knowing what special tests are going to be able to differentially diagnose impingement 
some other important diagnoses of the shoulder. So they might come out with a question of a 30-year-old female presents to the clinic with a three-week history of shoulder pain. She works as a painter, and she's been increasing up her workload. So she's been doing more overhead tasks. And what types of tests would you be able to use to be able to differentiate this condition? So knowing your special test mirrors Hawkins, Kennedy, Joe, but then also utilizing the capsular pattern of multiple loss of range of motion, as well as apprehension testing or some of that more label special tests that could be able to give you some differentiating between. Yeah, just really starting to work backwards as what are those different special tests testing and what can you use in line to rule in and rule out for impingement syndrome? Exactly. That is a great look at something that is bound to pop up either on your practice exams or the NPTE when you go to take that examination. Really want to say thanks to you, Laura, for walking us through that pathology. Absolutely. Happy to help and good luck to all the students. Study hard and um, you're going to do great. Download free study guides now at ariusmedical.com slash NPTE studycast. A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com slash NPTE studycast. Rewarding careers, experiences of a lifetime. Explore travel PT at ariusmedical.com. NPTE studycast. Brewed by the PT Pinecast.